I have never been hornier for anything <laughs> in the world than than this bird. And thankfully, that bird turns into a human woman. She's so like, oh, thank Christ. Um, Damn, Daniel, at it again with that white swan. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> stupid. Some stupid podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm the status quo calico. And this week, we celebrate 150 episodes with a full-blown Barbie bonanza! Whoa! Um, I just want to advise the audience before uh, I say this next part. Layla gave me permission to say it. Uh, anyway, before we praise our cunty King Martin short, however, <laughs> you can help us mortify the legitimacy quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, something up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter, on Tumblr, at MortifyPod. <laughs> Layla. Aaron. We've hit another milestone. We're at 150. 150! Which is... Hey? Crazy. Cheers, King. Cheers. Um, we're getting drunk this episode, by the way, listeners. Sorry oh, about yeah. that. We always, we always drink through our milestone. Through our long, milestone long time episode. listeners know this. Um, it's going to be a sloppy one. Um, but yeah, you know, this has been, you know, Mortified started in roughly April of 2020. It is now August of 2023. 150 episodes. You know, we have missed some. We take some holidays off. Um, this but year has just been a tough year for us, It's too. been a very difficult year, um, but we are hanging in there, and we're still relatively consistent, and um, it's been a good time, I think. It's been a great time. Uh, on, a, on, like, a genuine note, we've become much better friends, uh, right? We became friends on, on Twitter.com, uh, which is rare, uh, yeah. genuine, you know... It's rare for me to form a genuine friendship on Twitter because I'm so wary of people, but, like, right. you were normal enough that I followed you back, and then we just, like, started talking, and then in the beginning of the pandemic, we were like, hey, we're going insane. <laughs> Do you want to start a podcast just so we have, like, a scheduled hang mm-hmm. with a with a human being outside of our, like, immediate respective circles, which for you is uh, your lovely wife, and for me is my, at the time, was my neighbor, and uh we've been doing it ever since and and we've gotten to be one much better friends i've been to your apartment Mm -hmm. uh we've hung out in philadelphia um also uh whatchamacallit uh me and your lovely wife talk all the time she sends me great tiktoks uh and like we've become better critics and better like participants in the conversation of art which i think is really great and thank you so much for like being with me through this journey yeah no i mean like yeah to to be straight up right layla is one of my closest friends at this point now and um you know like uh if if those of you are who are listening because you know me from um the YouTube channel I do. Layla is kind of the reason I ended up doing that channel uh, because they, you know, in 2021 were like, hey, I, you know, I've been writing a bunch of essays. You should try to do it too. And I was like, yeah, that seems good. And, you know, my, the first, you know, I wrote 12 essays in 2021 and that kind of helped sharpen that, that instinct. And, you know, between Mortified and writing essays, you know, that's how I got to be Aaron Voigt, you know, YouTube critic. Um, so like, sh- thank you to Layla for, you know, one, giving me a platform and a, you know, a reason to do that, but two, giving me the confidence to do that. So um, it's, I'm genuinely very much, very grateful for our friendship. It's meant a lot. Yeah, 
It's 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 a great friendship. Uh, I've now dragged Aaron into multiple group chats with my other friends and just melding all my group friends, my friend groups together. Um, but like, truly, if you see us pursuing something creatively, there's a non-zero chance that like one of us was like, well, I want to do this, but I'm feeling a little shy. And the other one just goes, you should do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's how we do things. Yeah. Um I, I just realized, like, two of my, like, one of my, my video essays I'm most proud of, including my one that's, like, most, like, viewed, my Mouse one, has a reference to Mortified in it. It, like, opens with me talking about Mortified, which is really nice. Um, so thank you to Full Mortified um, for making me watch Secret of Nim. All right. To commemorate, a longtime listeners will remember at 100 episodes, we watched five Disney sequels. Um, for for episode 50 we actually played a tabletop game that was interstitial our hearts intertwined because me and Layla are famously Kingdom Hearts fans Uh, but now we are going a similar route Layla what have we done to celebrate 150 episodes we have watched five incredible animated Barbie movies not the new Greta I was gonna say Greta Thunberg nope well this 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 apothic whites really get wow we are really in it (laughs) greta gerwig uh not the brand new beautiful greta gerwig movie but um five classic we we basically what we did is we sat down on wikipedia we went through the the entire list of all the barbie movies there's a lot and we just picked a couple of classics and a couple that just sounded a little unhinged and they were and they were we'll start with um I think our worst one by far, not by far, by a, a good amount, is Video Game Hero. So, Layla, this was a 2017 movie, I think made for Netflix, um, wherein Barbie gets sucked into a video game and has to fight a virus. You don't remember much of this, if I, based on our conversations. Uh, I, I did not absorb the last 45 minutes of this film. And that's fair, because not a whole lot happens. They're in Minecraft, <laughs> uh and it's wild um yeah so they go through what do you what do you think the first one is because the second one's angry birds um the first one is like a little Fortnite, but also like there's a lot because it's like a racing game right so like because they're they're you know barbie you know barbie's a coder in this one her two friends from spy kids or whatever um uh spy Spy Squad. squad Uh, you know are are talking to her and she's like trying to figure out this coding issue um she gets sucked into the video game uh, after having a conversation with her little sister chelsea about the importance of playing the game the way you want to play it um and (laughs) layla a professional video game dev is making a face bonkers thing to it's okay look i buy barbie as a solo dev right like people make their own games all the time what was going on with what was his name cutie yeah, Cutie, the AI cloud. Yeah, there's a little... Is he a cloud? He looked like soft serve to me. He's Yeah, he is kind of that. He's kind of both. Yeah, he's like a little cloudy soft serve helper AI. And when we got into that, I was like, oh, this is... Here's the cartoon logic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go through... The whole plot of the movie is they go through these, like... Barbie gets sucked into the game. There's a virus. And the virus is like these... They They're look kind of like... They're called emojis, but they look like Pac-Man ghosts. Oh, that's true. That's a great pull. Uh, so they look like little Pac-Man ghosts, and they're just, like, spreading. Like, minions. Like, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Barbie has to, as the player, beat each of the three levels that she goes into. Beat the NPCs in those levels. And then she kind of ends up, like, taking the NPCs out of their levels and, like, taking them on this big adventure. And the whole thing, all the Barbie movies have, like, a core message to them, right? Because they're for children. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is very much about teamwork. 
and about like, again, playing the game how you want to play it, which is an interesting subjective statement because I don't know if I agree with that wholesale. Like there are some games that are meant to be played as designed and then there are some games that are meant to be played however the fuck you want to play them. It's just an interesting little... I don't I don't know where they were going with that. I don't think there's a lot of gamers on the the Barbie uh, video game heroes, you know, squad. I, I don't know, because, like, they go through a couple of different, like, there, there's some, like, I think the story is broadly very bland, right? It, it ends with them just being like, yeah, you have to code cheat codes into Minecraft and, and import Just Dance uh, so you can beat the big yeah, video the game ju- boss. The Just Dance fucking product placement was so funny. It was really good. <laughs> Shoutouts to Ubisoft for snagging the Barbie promos. Um, but like, like there's a bit where like there's like a Barbie enters the game screen where like it looks like a Smash screen for a second. Oh yeah. Like th- th- there are some like little jokes in here that I that I'm like I think like they could kind of have it like the like like we have one yeah like one of them is just definitely um a, a cross between uh, Angry Birds and like any match three game like Candy Crush, um, but like there was just like such such like fun little tidbits here like even though it's like broadly colorful I actually really liked Video Game Hero in a weird way. <laughs> See, this is again this was this is I just didn't absorb it. I think is my problem. I, I, it was just, like, too formulaic to be a movie for me. And so at some point, I just, my brain just went blank. No, and I think that's completely fair, right? Like, this 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 thing should have been, like, 40 minutes long. to ke- And it, the arc would have been the same. But, like, yeah. uh, there's a bit where she is, like, you know, she's trying to beat the big mob of, of emoji monsters, and they're playing Just Dance. And uh-huh. she is still in her Minecraft body. Um, and, like, she's losing because she can't bend her elbows or knees. <laughs> like, that's a good joke. <laughs> Is that why she said I got my elbows back? Yes. Like, see what I mean? It just went over the fucking head. Right, right. Um, Damn. No, but, it, you know, I thought it was really good. Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know, the song, the Chihuahua song, um, whoever wrote that should be in The Hague, but, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not The Hague. Um, other than that, I, I really liked it. It was colorful, it was fun, and it was introducing children to the concept of coding uh which is nice it looked great uh yeah. and and truly i really like the way she talks about coding because uh chelsea is like a great chelsea barbie's little sister is like a great tool in these movies that keeps coming back that she gets to ask all the little kid questions for right. barbie to like answer mm-hmm. and she's like what's code and barbie's like well code is a set of instructions that a computer can get you know and i thought that was such a nice explanation of code that is like kid friendly but also, like, enticing, and the things she does with Code are very, like, cosmetic and fun, and everything in the Barbie universe is, like, cupcakes and stars and sparkle. It's just, like, it's such a good, like, intro to STEM concepts for children, and then the other underlying message is, like, teamwork and how how to grow into being a better member of a team. Uh, it's great. I, you know, th- like, the core constructs of the movie are great. I think it's just the fourth Barbie movie I watched this weekend, <laughs> yeah. and I, like, was really tired today, and I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I-, I don't know. Like, I usually have, like, a pretty low col- tolerance for, like, little kids stuff, but, like, I don't know. I-, I I feel like some of the stuff in these movies, like, did wear me down to the point where, like, there's a joke where there's two NPCs who are, like, very competitive, and then Barbie's like, no, we gotta work together and be a, a team, and he's like, what's a TM? <laughs> 
was just like, you know what? Fine, sure. I'll laugh at that. The TM line got me. It was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, like, a pretty good movie. Like, I actually, I would like to up my rating by a point and a half, which will bring it to six, and you gave it a 6.5, so a 12 and a half. For yeah, okay. 20. I think that's fair. Um, the actual one that I thought was, like, genuinely, not, I didn't even think this one was bad. Mm. There's some colonial overtones that I don't love in Dolphin Magic, but like um, I did, I, I thought it was like a completely fine movie. Um, but this was like my least favorite. Yeah, Dolphin Magic is just kind of bland, um, but gay. Yeah, they. Mm, so in <laughs> Barbie Dolphin Magic, what happens is that Barbie and her enormous family, we get. Um, Four sisters and four puppies on vacation. It sounds like hell. If I was their neighbor, I would kill myself. Yeah, no, I would burn their their (laughs) mojo dojo casa house down in an instant. I would be throwing Molotov cocktails through there because that must be a nightmare to live next to. But like, um, yeah, like, so the the concept is, um, so we have Barbie, right? We have Chelsea, again. We have Skipper. Skipper, right, who is... Basically, like, she's got a blue streak in her hair, and she's all about technology and photography. She, like, is trying to win, like, a photography. She runs a photo blog. Right, which is... Which is a fascinating concept because again, this this one also came out in 2017. Do photo blogs exist? (laughs) I mean, I guess Instagram, right? It's Uh, not like blogger anymore, but Instagram is technically a photo blog. That's a good point. You know, okay, all right. Sorry, Skipper, for for harshing your vibe. Pre pre recommendation algorithm Instagram would be a photo blog, right? Yeah, it's, man, Instagram got worse, huh? Man, Instagram's not great. Yeah, it's a disaster. Um, but yeah, so and who's the last one? The one with the cast. So we have Skipper Stacy. Stacy, I like this is t- too many characters, right? There are too many weird like characters and plot lines here that that don't matter. Um, I don't know why there's there's four Barbie sisters, but like also there's a lot of sisterhood themes in this one, so I guess that's fine. Um, Ken's in this one. Ken's here. He's he's gay in this one. That's a twink. I mean, he doesn't interact with anybody who's not a woman. Um, so like I I, mean, I don't know. I think that's I think... yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, listen. He's also like described like explicitly as like my best friend who like lived next door. So Ken is actually their next door neighbor. So so he's the one who would be burning their house down. Um, but he is he's a marine biology like he's like doing like his his capstone project as an undergrad or something out in this like you know island resort area. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how he like is like cleaning the tanks for like sea urchins and starfish, right? <laughs> And um, he his boss is a poacher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, here's where we get. Okay, this island is supposed to be Hawaii, right? I mean, if it's not Hawaii, it's any you know, like quote unquote, like tropical island that you know, rich white American tourists visit. Yeah. Hey, y'all, don't go to Hawaii. Do donate uh to any fundraisers um for the fires. Don't go to Hawaii. The locals have asked for so long to stop for mainlanders to stop going to Hawaii. But it is just a little wild that these girls are there on their tropical vacation. And then Ken is there doing his little capstone internship thing. And then I didn't see other than Isla, the mermaid, 
I didn't see a single... Well, I didn't see anyone else, period, other than the tourists that were getting harassed by my favorite character, the crab. The crab is the all-time best <laughs> character in this one. You gotta give it up for the crab. There's just a kleptomaniac crab. Just stealing shit, just harassing just people on the beach. It rules. <laughs> I love it. He has a coconut shell with a straw sticking out of it. It's so fucking funny. He's, I love him. He's great. He's great. In a movie that is otherwise pretty bland. Yeah, no. Because the whole conceit is like, Isla's a mermaid, and there are four special gemstone dolphins, and one of the dolphins gets caught by the marine biologist, and she's like, oh, he's <laughs> sick. The vet's going to come out tomorrow to check him out, Barbie, so don't come back until then. But in reality, the the vet is a, quote-unquote vet, is the sideshow operator that's coming to buy the gemstone dolphin. Mind you, the, 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 the build... Of the marine enclosure is as such that Ilo regularly, and the dolphins are not large in this movie, Ilo regularly gets, uses her magic seashell to get her legs. She will swim up to the enclosure, get up on the sand, walk around the sloped wall to go talk to Emerald. Baby, just lift him. Yeah, like, it's not that He's hard. He's not big. Just, Alu. I have, I have so many questions about this operation here. So, like, one, she's clearly been able to, you know, the, the bad guy, Marlo, um, Ken's boss. Justice for Marlo. Justice for Marlo, because I think, you know, if she was actually a marine biologist, I would not be thrilled that my intern brought his, like, friends uh, to come and, like, look at my dolphins and, like, perhaps with, free with them. With their puppies. With their dogs, with their army of dogs. Um, yeah, I would be, be kind of pissed off. Two, okay, so she she's a poacher, right? She's trying to capture marine animals and sell them to a, sh- a sideshow man. Let's assume that's profitable. Okay, how did Ken get this internship? What, what school did he go to? What? How, how did they vet this program? <laughs> what sketchy Craigslist listing did this idiot respond to? Listen, I, you know, during my grad school program, I had no help getting my internship lined up for my capstone. I had to do that all myself. I was ready to do some shit. But like, yeah, this is really desperate, bro. (laughs) I mean, I guess, you know, if you're like, oh, free lodging on a beautiful tropical island. Sign this 15 page NDA before you come work for me. Don't bring your passport. (laughs) If I'm like 22, I guess you know what I mean. But like, yeah. Ken, what are we doing here, baby? You should you should know better, bud. Um, He's so dumb. Now, I would like to discuss the scene that sent me to hell in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what is that? So this flick came out in in the time that Pitch Perfect had a grip on our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this one. Th- this is not a musical. There are nope. no songs in this movie except for this except for one, one song. And it's it's the four sisters, Isla, who's the mermaid, mm-hmm. who has legs in this sequence, and Ken. And for some reason, Bar- Barbie always has a special talent in these movies. For some reason in this one, it's it's her playing like... like shell, the shell game with coconuts. The shell game, wild. Uh, but then they, they get their little coconut drinks and they start doing like acapella percussion with them. Mm-hmm. And singing a song about sisterhood. And I shriveled up and died. I got a ticket for the long way around. Too bad whiskey for the way. Listen, I like that song. I still like it's that song. It's a great song. song. 
Um, but yeah, no, it is very pitch perfect, uh, coded. Um, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little much because they're talking about how much they love to be sisters and how much sisterhood is very important to them. And, uh, it's very, it's, it's a little, it's like sisters tell each other everything. And like one of the big, like the, the way all the girls find out that Isla's a mermaid, Barbie finds out first. Right. And Isla's like, Hey, can you like not tell anybody, please? Like, it's not that I don't trust your sisters. It's just statistically speaking, the more people you tell, the higher chance of a secret (laughs) getting out, which is a fair (laughs) point. Um, and then Isla feels so bad that she's making Barbie keep secrets from her sisters that she's like, girls, I got to show you something. And it, like shows them her mermaid tail. And I'm like, what? What? I mean, like, listen, I get you should tell your family most, you know, if you have a good relationship with your family, you should tell your family most things. Um, That one seems a little life or death. Yeah, like, if you are the only, like, person, like, we don't see any other mermaids, presumably there are other mermaids in this universe, um, but yeah, if you're the only species, and it seems like, you know, you'd be hunted for sport, or, I mean, because in the end, Marlo tries to sell her, to sell her, a, a, a sentient being, she's not human, she clarifies she's not human, which is wild, but, um, <laughs> you know, she does try to sell, uh, uh, Isla away, which is fucked up, uh, especially when Isla's the only person of color in this movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. like, um, yeah, like you shouldn't. I guess Skipper did like get a picture of her with her underwater camera, so like there was some mermaid speculation going on already. But like, it is wild, um, wild premise. Skipper this, this gets entire... a, <laughs> Skipper gets a blurry iPad photo of a <laughs> mermaid swimming by in a coral reef. And then is able to put a filter on it to, like, sharpen it and make out that it's a mermaid, which I love cartoon logic. So, yeah, exactly. That's how it works. For sure. You put a filter on it. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's literally just enhance, right? Computer enhance. Um, it is. There's also a very funny bit where, so, like, they, there's four gemstone dolphins and the, the sideshow guy, uh, Hugo, I guess, is, like, sure. coming to... Um, you know, he's going to try to buy them all. He comes to take them in a helicopter, which mm-hmm. um, I don't know if if you know anything about the way that marine animals are transported, but, like, you should not try to take four dolphins in a helicopter anywhere. <laughs> no, that doesn't seem like a very good idea. I do like that his logo was, a was like, a walrus. Wow, that was a way to pronounce that word. <laughs> a walrus uh, cosplaying as Mr. Peanut. That's really good. Yeah, it was like a with a monocle. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. pretty good. And also, um, like how Hugo's plot line gets resolved. He's like, I'm tired of chasing all these animals. I'm going to leave. <laughs> like that's how he's defeated. He gets bored. Yeah, I I love a poacher in a Hawaiian shirt just getting bored. Um, so like this movie, if you can't tell from our conversation, was just kind of like a mishmash of like kind of charming moments, but none of them really went together. So it was just a mishmash of kind of charming, disconnected moments. And then two bottle whiskey for the way in the middle. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you can make the read that this is like a weird colonizer Barbie, like, because she does like kind of help Isla in a big way. And like, ev- I have Barbie is giving a little bit like Aryan supremacy here with like her her like blonde hair, blue eyes. And like, that's not a fair read. It's it's kind of an ungenerous read. But like when when Isla is literally the only uh, person of color and she has magic powers and she needs help from a group of nice white people. It's like, OK, we're kind of getting into weird territory here. I don't know that we need this, but and, you know, it's fine. And Barbie and Isla 
are baby lesbians. They they do they do like at the very end, Isla gives her like a shell to like send her a signal. Uh, and then bar- at the very end of the the movie, Barbie goes out to the sea and like send- sends a-, a signal to her repeatedly. Yeah, for for like several minutes, it's just like, oh man, I I miss my friend. And then Isla shows up, and then she's just like, oh Barbie, and they have like a very like tender ro- like. I mean, it is romantic, not in the sense that like there is explicit like them making out or anything, but like there is like a lot of like longing and yearning and stuff that I would consider in the the oeuvre of romantic feelings. It, it is weird that that's not the tone that the movie ends on, but you know what? Go off. Well, it's not even that, but it's just like Barbie at one point, you know, I was like revealing that she's a mermaid and Barbie's like, can you teach me to swim like a mermaid? And Isla, like their little swimming learning montage, there's they're in very close proximity in yeah. times where they don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Isla's very much like, yeah, you just got to hold your legs together. Like very- And their faces are like two inches from each other. I was right. like, who choreographed this? Yeah, very, very interesting. Interesting choice, weird movie. <laughs> um. Very odd. Um what are the core the core lesson of this one is just like sisterhood yeah and be like, nice to animals right yeah um don't sell animals to shady dudes and your sisters are the most important thing in the world and I think. a crab will steal your shit crabs are thieves also <laughs> crab slander um i i'm very interested to hear your thoughts on spy squad because i really liked spy squad spy squad fucking ruled so spy squad sees the appearance of the second cuntiest character we're going to talk about today which is patricia patricia is so cunty she just shows up in the first first of all okay not to be not to be a gymnastic snob on main i guess but like a solo floor routine would not be competing against, like, a, a squad gymnastics... Or, sorry, a solo bar routine would not be competing against a, a solo floor gymnastics routine. That's... Or, y'all get it. It's weird. They're not in the same category. One. Two. Patricia shows up, serves cunt, leaves. <laughs> and that is her whole shtick throughout the whole movie. And I'll tell you, it actually took me a little while to figure out that she was the cat burglar. Oh, no, really? <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> probably her yeah. the triple arabian really got me the triple arabian was very good um no i was like immediately i was like oh this is the villain um because she's better than barbie um it's pretty easy to spot the villains because they're either the only man or somebody who is you know going to be you know in in conflict with barbie in some way but you know she turns she turns good in the end so it's fine yeah so the conceit here is that uh these barbie what is it teresa um yeah, Teresa and Renee, I believe. Barbie, Teresa, and Renee. Uh, Barbie's Barbie. Uh, Teresa is this, like, science-y ro- robotics dweeb. And then mm-hmm. Renee is kind of she the loves Gretchen pizza. Wieners. She loves pizza. Right. She's kind of the Gretchen Wieners of the operation, except parentheses positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the three of them are in a gymnastics squad, again, competing against a solo bar routine. Who's to say? Uh, and they fuck up because Barbie, this is actually, as far as messages go, I think this is my favorite one because Barbie gets in her own head, messes up the final like landing of their routine and they all get really sad. And, uh, auntie Zoe, Renee's auntie Zoe's like, well, girls, why don't you come have a picnic? Like come to the Hollywood sign. We'll have a picnic. <laughs> Normal girls show up and auntie Zoe's not there. And then all of a sudden the Hollywood fucking sign opens up. 
And these three chuckle fucks just walk in. And they find a cool spy lair. Mm-hmm. And Ante Zoe is not just like, I've pronounced that name three times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it gets better every time. <laughs> this, I, y'all, I'm drinking white apothic wine out of a giant Barbie wine glass while I'm talking. So we're, we're doing it. My face is so red, you can tell on my camera that it's red. Anyway, Ante Zoe is like, uh, apparently not just, like, a, a freak who loves to crochet in a Hawaiian shirt all the time, which was very relatable to me, but she's, like, a hot British lady, and Renee is the only one that had a normal reaction to this, because she was like, since when are you British? You're my aunt! Yeah, no. And <laughs> no explanation was served for this, it was just like, you'll get used to it. So they go That's through- That's not an explanation, auntie! <laughs> It's not an explanation. So basically, Auntie's like, listen, girls, I've watched you perform your whole lives. I think you're great. I think you have what it takes. I want you to be secret agents. And the girls are like, they have mixed reactions, but they all, you know, eventually they all convince each other to do it. And uh, they get trained by this secret agent who's like clearly the villain. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, do all these like obstacle courses and shit. And uh, they're chasing this like cat burglar who's their age, who's again, Patricia, as she is stealing gemstones to power an emp so this is very much like the marvel movies right this is the thanos infinity gauntlet right honestly this is better i mean i think it is better like thematically emotionally um but yeah it is a wild a wild premise the girls fuck up two of their missions but uh the guy they're like tech guy they're wade uh whatever the fuck his name is he, my favorite character in the whole movie, whose name I cannot remember. I'm fine. I'm looking for it. Laszlo. Laszlo, that's right. Laszlo, they're, they're a 17-year-old robotics genius who has a crush on Teresa, who's also the robotics genius. He's like, okay, I know you, like, fucked up your missions and stuff, but, you know, I think you guys should keep your equipment one more day. I'm not supposed to, but, like, I'm going to let you keep your equipment one more day, and then you can give it back tomorrow. And the girls are like, oh, my God, thanks. And then, obviously, like, Patricia does some some cat burglar shit, and they go catch her at the last second. Well, Patricia reveals that she's been the cat burglar during their, like, qualifiers or whatever. She does not give a fuck. Yeah, she's just like, whatever, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, I'm always going to be better than you, so, like, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they find out that Agent Dunbar, who's been training them, has hired Patricia because he wants to use the EMP to blow up the giant server at the the spy agency and, like, rule the world, basically, because he's tired of being overlooked because he's pissed that Auntie Zoe got the job of, like, director over him. Um, And the whole movie is about, like, overcoming your anxieties and, like, doing the thing that scares you even though you're afraid you're going to fail because you have to just like believe in yourself enough to know that you're not going to fail and then like you know there's the sub message of like teamwork and friendship and like they bring patricia and she has her you know her turn and and stuff like that but it's i i thought it was a lot of fun I-, I loved this one i thought there were like so many weird funny gags barbie is like dangerously close to becoming darth maul in several instances she gets like a fucking two like a, a bow staff laser sword kind of like it, it's I not a la- jedi barbie the whole time yeah no there's i took some screenshots and she very much looks like darth maul in several of them it's incredible um but yeah there's there's so much weird shit like the laszlo he has like this invisible mug that says world's best roboticist and he and keeps knocking it invisible. over 
it's so yeah <laughs> it's so funny um it's the funniest it's one of the funniest gags in the movie it's, to me it's the second funniest gag in the movie because he can't find it he spills it and then at the end scene him and auntie zoe are drinking tea together and he has the invisible mug and he clicks it my first favorite gag is his disguise powder brush mm-hmm. because it turns the girl's heads into his head yeah and i think that is hysterical that's something. There's something going on with Laszlo. That man is going to get pegged so much in 10 years. There's something very gender about Laszlo, and good for him. Yeah, you've got to respect it. Um, there's there's a lot of talk about visualization, which is wild. Um, which <laughs> I, I think it's intended well, but it is like, as you pointed out in your notes, just like, hey, just visualize doing this thing, you this complicated gymnastics move you've never done before. Yeah, when sports are a lot of, like, muscle memory. Like, I don't think, like, it's it's kind of like the video game thing for me, right? Where it's, like, the right message, but I'm not sure it's in the right metaphor. Mm-hmm. Hard to tell. But this movie ultimately fucked. I loved it. I had a great time watching it. It was really fun, you know? It's just like, what if we did Barbie but James Bond? You know, they have, they have the MI6M... You know, like, that's Aunt Zoe. They have, like, Q, that's Laszlo, but also they, they give a bunch of, like, fun gadgets. There's a bunch of, like, there's there's several laser grid sequences. You know, Mortified loves a laser grid. Oh, we um, love a laser grid. It, it's just great and fun. It's, like, that's kind of what I, I hoped that these movies would be. It's just, like, a bunch of weird, silly, fun stuff. Um, and they're, you know, it's just Barbie and her friends having a good time and working for the CIA. Yeah, casual. Um... I will. I would like to point out the top three of our films are like very close together in score. Um, so when we talk about these top three, they're all just fantastic. I do think um, Popper kind of kind of blows everything else out of the water, but that we'll, we'll, is we'll get there. True, but Spy Squad and our next contender, Swan Lake, pretty close together on the enjoyment scale. Yeah, one hundred percent. Let's talk about Swan Lake. Tchaikovsky did that you know i love swan i've played swan lake many a time i love swan lake and like just i think i think part of my enjoyment of this movie was colored by how much i love swan lake (laughs) i think it almost has to be right because there is a lot of just dancing and um you know like the actual uh pas de the, the six the the sugar plum fairy dance god damn it that's oh those are two different things that's they do the actual right. sugar plum fairy dance because they got actual ballet dancers from the like new york city ballet to do reference footage for this oh that's fun yes six dancers are credited in in barbie swan lake that, that rules um yeah i mean like so i i don't actually know the story of swan lake very well um but basic- it's not quite this. I would I would wager it's a little different. <laughs> so, listen, <laughs> it's not dissimilar. Oh, isn't it? Um, I mean, like, the, there is a black swan. She does swap in for Odette. Um, but you know, it's also a ballet, so it meanders quite a bit. And this is supposed to be a ninety-minute children's movie. I'll tell you. I don't remember, I could be wrong, I don't remember there being a fairy queen of the Enchanted Forest who needs to fight her cousin Rothbart for the crown. I don't remember that bit. Um, I also don't remember a horny Spanish skunk 
and a horny Russian hedgehog children fairy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't remember those things from the ballet. But I could be wrong because it's been a couple years since I've seen it. So what happens is there's Barbie is telling. So Barbie's telling. This is all framed as a story Barbie's telling to her sister Kelly. Um, Barbie is telling the story at a sleepaway. What is the correlation between the sleepaway camp and Swan Lake? Um, I think it's about um courage. Sure. <laughs> um, I have no idea, but basically, like, so we have Odette. She's a young baker's daughter, basically. Um, and, you know, she is trying to, you know, make life easy for her, her baker dad, you know, um, and also there's a prince, his name's Prince Daniel, he's very good at shooting arrows, um, that's important, probably, um, at some point a unicorn (laughs) shows up, uh, and, uh, Odette chases the unicorn and finds herself in an enchanted forest, um, and the unicorn has got a lot of attitude, (laughs) Yeah, Lila the Unicorn, she's she's choosing violence every day. Um, very, she very ca- funny. She, like, Kakashi's a motherfucker at one point. She sticks her corn. I was gonna say, she, yeah. She gets a colonoscopy with her horn. I was gonna say, Rothbart got his prostate <laughs> unicorn in a major way. Um, and, like... Get ugh. your prostate unicorn episode fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, basically she finds a magic crystal, and that's the crystal that helps them break the, the curse that- no, okay, hold Wait, on. hold on. The contrivance okay. of the crystal is that Lila gets her stupid head caught in a stupid rope around a tree, and Barbie, as Odette, is in this enchanted forest, she ran after this fucking unicorn, and is like, oh, I gotta find something to cut you free. And she finds a teardrop gemstone in a tree. Lila's screaming at her, don't touch it! P- touches it anyway. And then Lila's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then that is how Odette becomes the chosen one. Because then she cuts Lila free. And then with all the, the creatures- <laughs> With the gemstone. And then all the creatures of the forest and, and the, the fairy queen descend. And they're like, you're the chosen one now. The pressure. It's really good. It's great. You love to see it. Um, yeah. Um, how, how do you how do you feel about Rothbart? Uh well, he does look like Toucan Dan the Toucan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time Monster Factory fan. Yeah, he does have an extreme. He he's you know he's supposed to be a bird wizard, right? But he does look like something the McElroys generated in, in a video game character creator screen. Yeah, because it's 2003 and anti-Semitic stereotypes were still chill and cool. Yeah, that's not great. Don't love the beak nose shit, but like, you know, he's a he's a big bird man. His daughter, um, who is what it's Odile. Odile. Yeah, Odile. Um, I don't know why they had two O names, but sure. Odette and Odile. Sure, whatever. Um, they're both bird themed. Um, Odile is fun because well. she. Yeah, but Odile laughs like a dolphin. I was going to say, yeah, Odile <laughs> has a dolphin laugh, which is awesome. It rules. And <laughs> uh, she should have shown up in dol- dolphin magic. I wish that she she's, had a callback. She's so consistent with it, too. She hits it the same every time. It's, it's really best. good. It's an incredible performance. Shout outs. Um, yeah, like, you know, uh, I, that's the thing. That, like, a lot of Swan Lake really kind of got murky for me after um, Odette gets turned into a swan. And then I was like, well, 
well, I guess the prince shows up and he does see the bird and he's like, Daniel, I have never been hornier for anything <laughs> in the world than than this bird. And thankfully, that bird turns into a human woman. So he's like, oh, thank Christ. Um, Damn, Daniel, at it again with that white swan. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> so stupid. Some stupid podcast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> 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 Woo, that's the funniest joke I'll make all day. Throw up. <laughs> um, so he's like, "Yeah, I'll save you. I'll come back with an army." And she's like, "Don't do that. That seems bad." Yeah, why um, did he jump to that? <laughs> he's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of an empire. This is how we solve problems." Um, but she's like, "No, I gotta find." A book by that's been kept by a troll, right? Erasmus the troll. Oh, I don't want to talk about Erasmus the troll. You don't like Erasmus? I fucking hate him. Why? He's so wet. He's a sloppy little guy. I hate him. I um, I don't like him. I loathe his organizational system. I just, it's a bad way to store and treat books. He throws them around everywhere. Yeah, he's just got like a labyrinth of books everywhere and he doesn't know where the special magic book is. Um, Even though it's on his chair! Yeah. Foolish. What a fool. Absolute. Fool. Absolute moron. Um, yeah, Erasmus the Trolls a lot. Um, at one point, the you mentioned the um, the fairies. Do you want to talk about the fairies? They do a dance for some reason. Yeah, okay. So well, I mean, it's, it's Swan Lake. That's, you know. Okay, that's true. It's, it's a ballet. Uh, so, the fairies show up at first as forest creatures because they've all been kiced. You know, kind of like the furniture in, in Beauty and the Beast. They're all just animals now. Um, and then the fairy queen is like, okay, I think at night I can get you guys to turn into, like, humans again. Or during the daytime? What part of the day are they human in? I think it's the day and then at the night there. No, because because Odette and the prince hang out overnight. No, you're right. It is through the night. It's when the moon sunrise. is out that they're human. Right. So they turn into humans. But here's the thing. They turn into children with adult voices. And the skunk and the hedgehog are very horny for each other. It's It's a lot. It's not great. <laughs> the skunk is Spanish. And the hedgehog is Russian. Now, is there a Spanish dance in Swan Lake? Yes, there is. Tchaikovsky was Russian. There's, I think there's like a little Russian-sounding portion of Swan Lake. I could be wrong. There's that. So, yeah, so those are Swan Lake dances. And then they, they do a little dance. And then at some point, the girls do like the, the Sugar Plum Fairy dance. Fine. Uh, they are my favorite and least favorite characters simultaneously. Yeah, because they are very funny. Um, there's a bit where he does um, the the hedgehog man likes does a spin, and it's he turns into a Pokemon because he's shooting quills everywhere. Um, and like, there's a bit where you know the the skunk lady is like, "Hey, Ivan, watch the spikes or whatever." And like at the very end of this movie, when they turn back into normal you know humans and they don't have all their animal traits, she's like, "Hey, Ivan, no quills." <laughs> It's the horniest delivery I've ever heard, and it makes me so uncomfortable. Okay, hey, y'all. Baldur's Gate 3, like, extremely mild, like, first act spoilers. It 
Listen, it is hornier than Baldur's Gate 3, the, the, the game with like several nudity warnings where, uh, one of the characters burns too hot and is so touch starved that she like outright tells you in the first 15 seconds of meeting her. It is hornier than resolving that in an adult video game. It's, it's an energy. It's, it wouldn't, be, it would be much better if they were modeled as adults, but they are modeled as, like, children, like, short children, or, like, or at least very, very short adults, and I don't love that, but, like, listen, it, they're, they're fey, it's fine, I guess. I also wrote down, from their little dance, I wrote down one of their lines, um, Ivan, Ivan, you need some salsa flavor. Yes, yeah, she says that because she's um, a Hispanic person of some sort. Who's to say? The 2000s, this early, listen, this is Bush era Swan Lake, you know? Yeah, it was fine to be openly racist. <laughs> it was fine to be a lot of things. I would pay any amount of money to be in this writer's room where they, like, take little post-its and they put down all the plot points of Swan Lake and then they turn it into the most 2003 thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like, this is a very much a summation of what media was like at that time. She's like, yeah, whatever, we'll just do shit. <laughs> it's fine, no one can stop us. Why would you name the prince Daniel? You don't like the name Daniel? No, not for a prince. You don't think that's a princely name? No, I don't. It's Sad. Daniel. I don't think, no offense to all the Daniels out there, I'm sure you're lovely boys. I don't think I could ever fuck a Daniel, you know? It's, there's something about it. My dad's name is Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal takedown of, of your father. Of my mom, actually. <laughs> That's, well, she's a, she's a lovely woman who can make her own choices, but uh, mm-hmm. Brutal takedown of your father. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but at the same time, one of my favorite movies from this period is uh, The Swan Princess, and the prince's name in there is Derek, so I don't think we're doing much better. Yeah. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> Uh, um, shout out Swan Princess for the most iconic fucking breakup sequence of all time where, uh, the, everyone's like, oh, finally, the two children we've arranged marry, they're getting, they're gonna do it, they're gonna get married, and then Odette's like, okay, hold on, you just said I'm hot, that's great, thanks so much, but, like, what else? And Derek says, what else is there? And then his cunty footman in the next fucking scene goes... You should write a book, How to Offend Women in Five Words or Less, which is, <laughs> speaking of brutal takedowns. Incredible. Um, how does this swan princess get resolved? Well, Dead dies for a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, she gets, she, there's like, um, there's a laser battle. It, it's very much like in Mewtwo Strikes Back, where Mew and Mewtwo are like shooting laser beams at each other, and then Ash gets turned to stone, except in this instance uh odette just gets shot with like a laser attack or some shit while odile is doing the pas de deux with wow my mouth is not pronouncing words i'm not even correcting that uh with the prince and it's very jarring because odile has a face and odette is barbie um so, and you're just seeing them cut back and forth between Odette and Odile, because Odile has an illusion on her that's making damn Daniel think that she's Odette. <laughs> that's a lot of words that just came out of my mouth. Um, 
And then it's just a very jarring sequence. And then Swan Odette is like flying around the windows. And, and then that's what causes the whole of her getting like lasered. And then she does just plummet to the ground. And there is a, a moment where everyone's like, is she dead? And then the fairy queen is like, no, she's not dead yet. And they like take her and flee, her, flee with her to the forest. Um, it's a lot. There's a lot. It's a very, very fast and furious. Yeah, it's wild. Um, the wizard man eventually gets crystallized. Bart. Uh, yeah, he gets turned into a clock. <laughs> he, okay, yeah, so Odile ends up a maid, and Rothbart gets turned into a cuckoo clock. It's an ending. Yep. <laughs> wild. Wild program. Wild. And then, you know, the wedding is in the forest with all the forest creatures. I did Which is make... where the no quills line happens. <laughs> right, right. I did make a note that they, they did say that the cake was free because her dad's a baker, which is fun. I... He's a prince. He should be paying your father a kajillion dollars. Yeah, like, cake. <laughs> listen, I don't, I don't think that marriage is going to go well, but, you know, who's to say? You know, who is to say? I'm happy for them. Why was she wearing fairy wings at the end? Is she just, like, permanently magical now? I think so. I hope so. Okay. Godspeed. I'm looking at my notes, and I just have, out of context, it just says, Not the wet log and heels, comma, Barbara. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means, past Layla. God in heaven. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's the real one. The best one. Okay. 100%. My notes for this were so out of pocket that Aaron texted me halfway through the movie going, Can I just watch this with you? <laughs> yeah. Layla seemed like they were having such a good time. I was like, I need to see Layla's reactions live. <laughs> and we had... A blast. It was great. So, The Princess and the Popper. Um, 10 out of 10. Yeah, very good movie, IMO. Um, like, it's so good that I, I went to come watch it again with Layla. Like, if that's an endorsement of this movie, I don't know what else is. Um, we got Annalise and Erica, right? Annalise is the princess, Erica, the popper. Um, Annalise needs to stop worrying about rocks and get some fucking civics lessons. Yeah, uh, Annalise and her mom are doing bad management of their their country, unfortunately. It's Um, the drill tweet. Yeah, it's very much like (laughs) $3,000 on science lessons. Uh, So can somebody help my kingdom? My economy is ruined. Uh, But Erica uh, has to work as, like, straight up she just says that she's an indentured servant. Um, at the seamstress's shop, which is, you know, Barbie handling like forms of slavery is not something that I thought was going to happen. What is the mis- the, the seamstress's? Is it Madame Crabs? It's Madame Carp. Carp. Okay, so for the anime fans in the audience, Madame Carp is Kaede from Inuyasha. Just sit with that. Oh, and um. Okay, we should talk through this. I need yeah. to. We need to talk about this voice cast. Mm-hmm. So, before we get back to the plot summary, Annalise and Erica, the, uh, the woman who plays Annalise, plays all the Barbies. She is also Sango from Inuyasha. <laughs> uh, the guy who plays um, Julian, the the like tutor of uh, Annalise, who she's in love with, who's like the the regular Joe she wants to marry. Is fucking L from Death Note. Wild. <laughs> Meanwhile, the king that uh, Erica ends up with is Goku. 
L and Goku. You're- Go dig into the Barbie voice casts. They are... There's some anime legends hiding in there. Um, but so Annalise and Erica, as you were saying, uh, Princess, Popper, what's their deal? Um, basically, uh, Annalise has to get married because there's no money in the kingdom. Um, Again, so, bad management. Yeah, terrible. So her mom's just like, hey, you know, it's your duty to get married uh, to King Dominic. And she's like, all right, I'll do it for duty. Um, do they just not charge taxes in this kingdom? Apparently not. <laughs> apparently this is a tax. This is Florida. There's no income tax. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Um, and they're just like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll do that. Um, even though duty means doing the thing your heart may well regret. Um, and um, Erica, meanwhile, is, like I said, indentured servant, has to do sewing for Madame Carp to pay off her parents' debt um has has a terrible life um they each have cats <laughs> what did we ever find out what her parents did to get into it they had to borrow money to feed her i see that's that is the the canonical explanation they did um, each have cats uh seraphina whose accent is just wealthy yep and then uh wolfie who is a cat that barks and apparently it's genetic yeah, that'll, that happens at the end. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, basically, Julian, the uh, Annalise's tutor, is like, hey, you know, you're getting married soon, so I'm going to take you out, and you're going to meet, uh, you know, you're going to see the the real life, what, what people are really living like in your kingdom. And, um, you know, he takes her out. And during this outing, she meets um, Erica, who they, they look identical. They have the same face, except that Erica is is a brunette and uh, Annalise is a blonde. Um, and they sing this song about how they are um, just like each other. You've probably heard it on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. This is, like, genuinely a very good song. <laughs> it's very catchy. Actually, all of the songs in this movie pop off. They're very good. Um... Aaron, if you saw somebody with your face, would you recognize them as having your face? If it looked exactly like me, you know, I think I probably would. I I live in the Midwest, so there's not as many people who look like me around. That's fair. Um, so I, I do kind of, I, I would be pretty shocked. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they realize, and they're just like, oh, you know, we both have our duties and our responsibilities. There's both things that we would rather do. I would rather not have to you know, wake up in a cold bed and, you know, go out in the rain to find my eggs. Uh, and you would rather read science books. So we're basically the same. <laughs> yeah, they are not the same. They're not the same, but that's okay. Not um, even in the context of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't just us putting, like, an adult real-life reading on it. Like, in the context of this children's movie, they are not the same. Um, now, if you've ever uh, read the original Prince and the Pauper, um... It is, they do kind of intentionally switch places. Um, not the case in Barbie Princess and the Pauper. Right. Well, the thing that makes them change places is, is, of course, the best character in any of these five movies. Our evil advisor, Preminger. Layla, what's up with Preminger? Give it up for the cunt of cunts, Preminger. Preminger walks into any room pussy first. (laughs) Preminger is an incredible character. Whoever animated him just had the most fun. 
He's also Martin Short. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And, like, we didn't even mention that Rothbart was, uh, what's his face? Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> it's it's Kelsey fucking Grammer is the thing. Um, so, uh, Preminger is his gay little ass in a powdered wig, um, decides to come up with some of the most convoluted plots. He is the advisor to King Derek, uh, who, much like Julian, is a bland hottie. Uh, and he's like, I'm personally very wealthy. I want to be king and really lock that shit in for myself. Um, well, so he's he, trying- he, well, he, tech, it's implied that he's been stealing the gold from the mines. That's why they have no money. That's why they have no money is because he's been stealing the gold from the mines. Uh, so he decides, I don't even, Aaron, what the fuck is this first Yeah, plan? okay, so, <laughs> plan one, um, he is going to, um, s- make, uh, Annalise disappear, and then find her, and the queen will be so grateful, uh, that she will marry, uh, Preminger to Annalise, and then he'll be king. But then... When Annalise um, and uh, Erica switch places, uh, it, it's like, okay, so she doesn't, so this person didn't mention that I kidnapped Annalise, so something weird is going on. So he decides to, um, I think, fake Annalise's death. He traps her in a mine, and then from there, he's like, okay, now I'm gonna marry your mom? And because I have money? And she simply can't refuse. And she can't refuse. Um, it's wild. It doesn't make any sense. And, okay. Preminger has these henchmen. Mm-hmm. And what are their are names? Ch- I don't know. What are their names? It's Nick and Knack, I think. Nick, Nick and Knack, voiced by the same guy. Oh, excellent. Uh, Nick and Knack are the dumbest motherfuckers alive because when Odette escapes the- not Odette, sorry. When Annalise escapes the first time, one of them tries to pose as Annalise with, like, a mop on their head. It's really bad. It's, it's really- It's so good. <laughs> it's it's um, great. So Preminger's plots make no sense, but they are cunty, so we, we, we stand. We stand a stunt queen. Um, and, uh... Wow, that sentence sounded like it was generated by gay AI, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all, I'm a bottle of wine deep, so I'm sorry for what is going to continue to come out of my mouth for the rest of this episode. Anyway, um, yeah, so... Er- Annalise gets kidnapped. Julian, her tutor, who she's in love with, decides to go back downtown to where they met Erica and be like, yo, Erica, Annalise is fucking missing. And if you don't pretend to be her, the wedding to the king is going to get canceled. It's going to be the drill tweet up in here. We're going to go broke. And Erica is like, bet. Okay. Yes. Sure. She goes up to the castle. And then another great song is the teaching montage. It's really good. Where Julian Julian's tries to teach her, yeah, he, he teaches her about the inherent contradictions of womanhood. It's incredible. Yeah, okay, so spoil- quick spoilers for the Barbie movie 2023. You can skip about 30 seconds in front. America Ferreira delivers this great speech about, like, all the contradictions of womanhood. 
And um, I think one of my biggest criticisms of the Barbie movie, parentheses 2023, is like the the like kind of millennial feminism of it all. But right. it's genuinely like a moving speech because it, it is rooted in that genuine anger of like, I have to be all these contradictory things. Julian tells me all that in this movie. He right. gets it. Right. Um, and like, there, aside from that, I think it's also just like a very smartly written song. There's a bit where they, he, he says, you know, you always have to harmonize in thirds, 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 which I thought was really fun and good. <laughs> just like, uh, these these lyrics are actually very, very well written. No, truly. I, and again, status quo calico comes from this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. So while that's happening, the king decides he's going to dress up as a page boy and spy on his bride-to-be. Mm-hmm. So he catches Erica... As Annalise singing to her dog cat. Yeah. By the way, her her she has a dog, a cat who is a dog. Yeah, the cat again. The cat, it's genetic. The cat barks. Mm-hmm. He tries to meow to impress Serafina, who, by the way, everyone in this movie wants to kill Serafina, including Preminger's the- evil dog. <laughs> this cat is having his evil fucking Jersey dog, mm-hmm. who you pointed out sounds like Joey from you. <laughs> Yeah, no, he does extremely. He would he would fit in any episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> you could seamlessly replace him. Uh so yeah, it's it is a, just a lot. So the king is like spying on Erica as Annalise, and then falls in love with Erica as Annalise. And Erica as Annalise is like, oh, I love the king, but like I'm totally lying to him, which is like not cool. Meanwhile, Annalise goes to Erica's dress shop with Kaede, and who is like, you're not the fucking princess. Whose leg are you fucking pulling? Sends a note to Erica, who that gets inter- This is the fucking contrivances of this movie. It gets intercepted by Preminger, who then re-kidnaps her mm-hmm. and caves her into a mine with Julian. Mm-hmm. Who he then proceeds to frame as the kidnapper... And then reveals Erica to be an imposter. Aaron, would you like to talk about the birthmark? Yeah, so there, there'd be no way to actually confirm whether or not Erica or Annalise was the imposter, except, of course, that the princess is born with a birthmark in the shape of a crown on her shoulder, which um, is the most divine right of king shit I've ever heard. <laughs> like, if that was in a fantasy novel, I would think it was incredibly stupid. <laughs> But it is just like, yeah, by the way, the princess has a crown on her shoulder. And that's how you know that she was divinely ordained to rule. Meanwhile, she is, uh, again, a terrible ruler. All she cares about is rocks. I mean, she loves to read about science. She identifies pyrite correctly. Um, uh, she also likes plants. She talks about how Julian and her have like a bit where they like identify her favorite rose. Um, it's, it's cute. It's fine. You know, it, it's kind of interesting to see like how even from like the 2000s. Right, Barbie was trying to encourage girls to learn about, like, STEM. <laughs> I think that's a weird read and perhaps a bad one, but I don't- I'm gonna stick by it. <laughs> no, you're 100% correct. Like, this is what STEM- this is what STEM encouragement looked like for little girls in the 2000s. Like, and it it worked, right? Like, it, if Barbie could be it, you could be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it again, that doesn't wipe out- as the, like, again, 2023 Greta Gerwig Barbie movie rightfully pointed out, like, there's a lot of, generationally, there's a lot of women that have, like, 
rightfully issues and like hang-ups around Barbie, but the more modern Barbie is very much about like empowerment for little girls. So, right. um, or at least that's the intent, right? I mean, as we've seen through these movies, I think that's true, right? Yeah, very, very few of them, subjective. you know, after after Swan Lake, you know, have anything to do with like really romance. So yeah, like Ken, he's just he's just Ken. He's just Ken. He's his job is beach parentheses. Yeah, she poaching. sees love. He sees a friend. Or sorry, he sees love. She sees a friend. Correct. Correct. Really getting it mixed up today. Um, and now okay, so hmm, around this time, Erica breaks out prison Mm -hmm. and guess who's in disguise again it's dominic it's dominic the king and he's like hey i don't think that preminger is like right about you so i'm gonna help you out and she's like great and then aaron how does annalise and julian get out of their little predicament um they do a legend of zelda physics puzzle Uh, okay, step one. Julian hits a, a vein of water while using the pickaxe that Preminger left inside the mine uh, to help uh, try to get the cave out. So first off, the, the, the cave is kind of filling up with water. Two, Erica's dog cat digs a hole and discovers a mine shaft, which reveals that they can get out um, through the open opening in the ceiling. Three, they get inside a barrel and then trigger the water to go more. So they float up and they they float up and out of the mine shaft. And that's how they escape. And I think that rules. And the barrel is truly the master touch because like they could have just swam up. But no, she had to stay dry. Right. Exactly. They had a wedding to crash. Um, can't go Absolutely. to can't go to a wedding uh, all, all soaked and from mine water. At the wedding, the queen is wearing her usual cartoon purple outfit, Preminger's in white. Which is very good. Serving cut. Mm-hmm. Gotta give There's it There's also a beautiful series of outtakes during the, the end credits of this, and half of it is just Martin Sh- Martin Short ad-libbing, like, compliments to himself in a beer, <laughs> which is just really good. It's fun. I love that they have animated bloopers. That's that's a fun thing. I miss animated bloopers. We should do more of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this movie, it had everything. Preminger, Preminger, Nick and Knack, fucking a poppin' soundtrack. Very good. Really good soundtrack. Uh, a great... What was the lesson... Use disguises? Uh, disguises are good, um, and you should... Love is alright, but also you gotta you gotta go s- do a singing tour in Europe before you commit to love, I think. Right! Erica takes the ring and goes. Right, at the very end, Dominic like asks to marry her, and she's like, I'll think about it, but I am taking your ring first. Uh, and then and she comes back, and, and it's fine. But um, very funny that, that she's like, I'm not going to commit to you. I'm, I'm my own woman, which is very, very empowering. And uh, I love that for her. Um, okay. <sighs> I would like to do a little funeral for double weddings. Okay. Dearly beloved, we gather here to say our goodbyes to the worst trope well one of them top five worst trope of the aughts double wedding all the way across the sky 
so can you give me some examples of double weddings? Because I know there's one in here, but like there is that Anne Hathaway movie that I cannot remember the name of. Oh, the it's not the Princess Bride, but the Princess. Um... No, it's not a princess one. It's like a modern one. It's something about it's like these two best friends. They keep trying to sabotage each other's weddings because they're on the same day. Two thousands rom com starring Anne Hathaway. I cannot, and it happened also other times that I cannot remember. I just know I hate it every time I see it. I'm sorry. Listen, hey, I think I've said it enough on this podcast, or at least I've implied it enough on this podcast. I'm a romantic, okay? I'm a pragmatist, but deep down underneath that hard Excel sheet exterior of my fucking horrible personality is just like a gooey little guy who loves romance, right? I've been, I love weddings. Every time I go to a wedding and I see the groom at the, because I've only been to straight weddings, gays, this is your fucking sign, invite me to your weddings. <laughs> Every time I see the groom at the altar and they're like tearing up as they see the bride come down the aisle, I also tear up. I cry, right? I have to share that fucking moment with somebody. I will turn violent. There will be no white dress. There will be a red dress. I just, it's so stupid and it's so awkward. I already kind of hate the idea of like the ceremony being in front of a lot of people because I'm a very private person. I don't like, I also just don't like being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable in front of people scares me. A shout out to my therapist who tells me that all the time. (laughs) Uh, If I had to do that and then share that and then, because you know, people would start comparing the the side by side. Aaron. Disastrous. What are, what are we doing? Monstrous. You shouldn't. Monstrous. Yeah, uh, bride wars. I believe is what you were referencing. I was. Th- thank you, bride wars. Terrible movie. As far <laughs> as I remember. Uh, oh, shout out to Anne Hathaway though. One of my all time faves. Love her so much. Um, yeah. So it's um, you know, thank. Bye. Double weddings. Never want to see you again. Um, uh, unless it's like a poly thing. And back then, it was not. <laughs> it was <laughs> the most exquisitely heterosexual thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Okay, we've gotten through the plot summary. <laughs> hey, these special episodes, we like to take our time. Yeah, and you know what? It's worth every penny. Um, so, for our talking points, you know, what... After we've taken a pretty... You know, there's like 40 Barbie movies at this point. So, like, you know, this is not necessarily a representative sample, but it's a significant sample. Uh, and of the five movies we've watched, you know, Layla, what do you think are the thematic cores of the Barbie franchise? I mean, Barbie has to have some sort of skill, right? And then she also has to have some sort of empowering message. They don't they don't always have to be like the classic ones. Like again, the, I think this of the messages, I think the spy movie was the strongest mm-hmm. because it was very much like, hey, performance anxiety here's how you overcome it and here's how you overcome it as part of a team and like it was really good um like i don't know it's it has to be that at its core right and then it also has to be fun the universe of the barbie movies is cupcakes and glitter bombs and pink and purple and cute outfits and dress-up montages and cool songs like the the universe of the Barbie movies is feminine and safe. Like, mm-hmm. and even though, you know, boys usually feature some sort of kind of central role, they're never, there's never like a threat um, right. of, of the like love interests or the friends 
they're not complicated, right? They're very straightforward. Well, they're contrived, but they're not complicated. Right. Um, you know, it, it's stuff like that. And I think that's, I think that's really good. I like that a lot for, for a, like a space for children's entertainment. Right. And, and I think like, you know, that, that core, you know, messaging of safety and femininity and like, you know, being able to, to trust the people around you and overcoming challenges, like really does make these like, on the whole, you know, hit harder, at least when we compare this to last year's, um, you know, uh, flight that we imbibed, which is to say the Disney sequel spectacular. Um, and I think you have a, have a really good point about why, um, you know, the the sequels were just like overall much worse movies than, than any of these. Um, but I do think that like that the, the universe in which Barbie exists is one that is like thematically um not necessarily constrained but consistent in a way that like you can kind of expect a solid you know kind of you know delivery of ideas that that i i think really kind of works to its benefit because it can keep using that same formula uh which i which i like yeah the problem with the disney movies is fundamentally that the originals of the disney sequels are very self-serious like they're funny but they're they're contained in their own universe and their own rules and, and the characters have like serious messages and it's, you know, there's some like really beautiful like songwriting and, and, and color design and stuff like that. And then the sequels are just kind of like hasty. They rely on the IP. They're actually like, if you look at them, most of them production wise are fine movies for the time period and the budget, but in comparison to their originals, they just seem so much worse because you're Disney was going through a hard time. Financially, there was like a lot going on. Also, Bush era, right? Mm-hmm. We always there's two things we blame on this podcast: Reagan and the Bush era. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it's 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 not great. But these movies, they rely on their own internal cartoon logic. So, like, even the shit that doesn't make any sense is fine because it's cartoon logic and it's cupcakes. Um, and that's fine, right? And and Barbie doesn't have to be the serious thing; she can be anything. That's the point of Barbie. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun. I really like these. Um, you know, they're, they're, I think this is like a spiritual contrast to our Disney sequels episode because I did go on like a six minute rant about colonialism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Disney sequels mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, not 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 nearly as fraught as uh, Pocahontas two this time, which I appreciate. Um. However, you know, we still have time to invent a fraught Barbie movie. So, Layla, for our mm-hmm. marketing minute, I propose that we here at Mortified Industries um, mm-hmm. pitch... Mortified uh, LLC. Yeah, LLC. Um, pitch what our own animated Barbie movie looks like. You know, what I, I've laid some options out in our outline, but, you know, what do you think that, like, if we were going to direct a, a Barbie movie, like, what would it be about, you know, and what, what would it's, like, kind of messaging look like okay listenership i want you to know that the options aaron has presented to me are all incredible diaspora barbie former theater kid barbie older sibling complex barbie dealing with being a high achiever barbie so i think spy squad covers high achiever right i think um uh, dolphin um Dolphin Magic actually covers older sibling complex in a way. That's true, because, yeah. Because uh, Stacy is sick of hand-me-downs. <laughs> um, I, I don't think Diaspora Barbie can fit into a cartoon logic world. It no. could, but not out of Mortified LLC. Now, former theater kid Barbie. 
That works with the the, the themes, I think. <laughs> I think we're fucking cooking with former theater kid Barbie, because what you're dealing with is the really scary concept of getting older. Mm-hmm. And you know, you could have a Barbie who feels like she has to fit in with an older crowd without that centering around the common kind of like children's entertainment themes of like drugs. Mm -hmm. A Barbie who feels like she has to be more serious. Uh, Like Elle Woods, you know? Right, uh, right. Going to Harvard. And, uh, And then kind of reckoning with how do you enjoy things that you enjoyed when you were younger as an as an older person which i think is like super relevant to this period of time yeah right. ab- absolutely no and i think that 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 is like the the way that it would be plotted out i think is that like you know barbie would be missing the time that she could have been in theater um and and being like yeah but now i have to you know be be older and like you you can you can see that arc pretty cleanly where it's like okay you barbie meets somebody or is like you know having these conversations with friends which is like yeah you know as you get older it is scary and you have to like kind of perform different things but like we are all performing in different ways and like if you can find a place where it is safe to do that old kind of performance find the kinds of people that are still okay with you know being you know, theater kids, quote unquote, you know, even as you're older, maybe you don't have the time to devote, you know, time to going to, to, you know, actually being in a play, but perhaps you can, you know, do improv or something. Maybe, maybe that's where it ends up. But like, I, I think this would fit very neatly in the Barbie universe. There's also the extremely relevant reckoning of the like cringe, but free thing, right? Oh, Which that's good. I see a lot of, um, I see a lot of stuff online about like, there's this weird reckoning right now about what it means to, like, indulge in your hobbies and be cringe, but at the same time, it, like, has this weird gray area overlap with mental health about being, like, what do you do if you, like, how do you empower people who have maybe attention disorders or something that are, quote-unquote, annoying? How do you bridge that gap with, like, personal responsibility and and how you, like, act in public um, and, you know, like, manage your own behavior as much as mm-hmm. you can um, while you're in a public setting while still being true to yourself, right, and not being ashamed of the way your brain works? I think there's a lot there, right, that you could put together a Barbie squad. I want to see an ADHD Barbie. There you know we what go. I, that's what I'm getting at. I want to see an ADHD Barbie who has to who like me was an annoying theater kid and had to really rope it in um you know there's there's a lot that could be done there i think that's our fucking gold mine uh mattel calls yeah yeah um that's that's pretty much it i think we've, we've hit the end of our our episode do we have any other big notes we want to hit oh lordy 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 lord do we um I mean, like, I I just want to make sure we're all aware that, like, Preminger is a cunty character. <laughs> like, Martin Short really did that for us. Um, I want to I wanna Marlo, uh, <laughs> justice for Marlo the poacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm so glad that I never have to look at children fairies with adult voices again. <laughs> Yeah, no, we, uh, this is one of the things about this podcast that is very fun is that we have, we are, you know, we have like a very small listenership. So like we can basically do whatever we want. 
Um, we don't like we aren't beholden to an audience, so we can't just do like a huge wild selection <laughs> of media. And like, I genuinely think that it like helps me become a better person by you know so much media uh, that I've consumed through this podcast. I would not have engaged with you know in my wildest dreams. So it is kind of nice just to be able to get this section of, of Barbie content and be like, huh, what, what can we learn about telling stories and, and being creatives from this? Um, so yeah. And I think the lesson here is the lesson here is let loose. That's right. Go cartoon logic, have fun. Give your, give Odile a dolphin laugh. You know, I Uh, agree. Yeah. Layla, when we are not, um, subjecting ourselves to gauntlets of questionable <laughs> children's entertainment where can we be found on the internet you can find me at l-e-y-l-s-e-s on tumblr and blue sky uh not twitter but blue sky uh where i am i just drew a picture for the first time in two years very exciting please go say nice things about it um but otherwise you know just vibes I'm very busy at work how about you? Um, I'm at L on Twitter, uh, AA Voigt on Blue Sky, uh, Monster Factory Fanfic on Tumblr. Uh, mostly talking about tabletop games, but also sometimes writing, uh, sometimes health policy. My main site is aavoigt.com, so go there if you want to get all of my contacts. Um, I just released a, a YouTube video uh, at aavoigt on YouTube about uh, the Indiana supplement I wrote at the beginning of the year. Um, and how, um, you know, I'm going to be sad to be leaving Indiana. Uh, so if that's interesting to you, please check that out. Um, Go listen to Aaron's video essay about Finley or I'll come to your house and eat you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla. Oh, boy. Uh, Layla, what do you think I'm running here? A cabaret? I would have said a debtor's prison. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Great. Good. We did it.